0: Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. It's that time of the year where the tournament is finally upon us. College basketball takes center stage. BetOnline is the number one spot for bets, odds, information, and the 2022 college basketball bracket contest. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code BLEAVE B L E A V to get started today. Bet online where the game starts. Good on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live, because it's a podcast. Welcome in, everybody. It is March 16th, 2022, according to my count. It may not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in however and whenever it is. You may be listening We have a show coming at you today. Uh, I'd like to think it's a great show, and I like to think all of our shows are great shows. All eight. Hundred and eighty-six of them I like to think are great shows, eight hundred and eighty-six podcasts that we have done here on the Take It Easy Podcast, and that doesn't even count the ones we've done for the Red Rain podcast or the DSD podcast or the Slump Buster Podcast or any of the other or even the Believe in Texans podcast that I'm just now starting over on with our partners at the Believe Podcast Network. All of that is to say we always like to have good episodes, and I like to think every single one ends up being great in its own way. And today, we have our friend Juju Talk Sports from the Slump Buster Podcast joining us here to talk about Aaron Rodgers and a little bit of NFL free agent news and all kinds of stuff like that. So we'll get to that in a little bit, but we have an A block here today, and that A block revolves around the... Sports story of a generation, at least what I like to call the sports story of a generation, Deshaun Watson. Because Deshaun Watson stops for no person. And the trade news is speeding up incredibly quickly because now everyone has decided that the moral line for NFL teams has been crossed over because there are no more criminal charges. And for a player as good as Deshaun Watson, no more criminal charges is enough to be able to make a move to convince Deshaun Watson to come play for your team as you give up all of your draft capital for the foreseeable future to acquire him. So Deshaun Watson, every single time we've talked about this case, has been in a position where I, at the very beginning, separate the moral and ethical side of the situation the legal side of the situation, and the football side of the situation. And I've been doing this for close to about a year now. This was back when we were still doing content with comical sports memes. Rest in peace to our page. Uh, If you want to see the archives of it, it is still available, though. And comical sports memes was something where I really, really, in the doldrums of the end of football season and not having social interaction and being really, really lodged into the pandemic, was putting way too much of my emotional stability into the NFL and into sports to such a point where I really started to resent sports at the end of all of it. Like I really, really started to resent sports because of how much of my emotional stability I was putting into it without having alternative motives during the pandemic. And so the thing I talked about back then was Deshaun Watson was one of my favorite football players and he proposed such an incredible incredible trade opportunity something that has never happened in the history of the NFL which is that quarterback becomes available in their prime because the Houston Texans were one of the most mismanaged I'm say sorry the most mismanaged organization in all of North American professional sports over the past two to three years since Bob McNair died and was taken over by his son Cal who is incredibly underqualified to run a football team and put Jack Easterby, a team pastor, as his lead decision maker for the organization. And so the Houston Texans find themselves in a situation where Deshaun Watson has been completely alienated by the franchise, he's going to force his way out of Houston, and he's going to get his way because the Texans want to oblige by the situation, and it's a massive, massive, unique opportunity by the standards of the NFL. And then the legal matter comes into effect On March 18th, 2021, one year ago this weekend, was when the Deshaun Watson legal or the the first Deshaun Watson lawsuit first came into focus, and this was a moment where I started to have a moral conundrum on this situation because I loved. Deshaun Watson as a player and I was investing huge amounts of my emotional stability into football and sports during the pandemic and one of the things I did was read Deshaun Watson's book on leadership and I thought it was a really really great book that podcast still technically exists somewhere in our archives it's like week one of the 2020 season or something like that so it hasn't faded into the dark abyss yet but this was the the first step of moral panicking and moral conundrum of this situation was evaluating people that aren't who we think we are because we put athletes on a pedestal all the time. And this is something we're going to talk about when we talk about Aaron Rodgers with Juju. So I don't want to go too deep into the weeds on this yet, but we don't put athletes on a pedestal the same way that we did in the 1980s and 1990s. Some people do through nepotism and passing traditions on down But more often than not, we don't put people on the pedestal the way that we do. And I put Deshaun Watson on a pedestal that was unearned because we don't know who the person behind the quarterback is. He's just a person who is an incredibly, incredibly gifted football player. And now we know also used massage therapists as Uber for sex with what we can only describe as sexually predatory behavior from someone who is a sexual predator. And so, Deshaun Watson finds himself in this situation where there was one case, and then there was two, and then it got to 22, and it's like, "Oh my goodness, this is completely unprecedented by any athlete in sports, not to mention a one of the or sorry, one of the 15, really one of the 5 to 10 players that completely changes the course of a franchise and who was already actively trying to request a trade. And so all of that is the reason why I started breaking the situation into moral and ethical situation, legal situation, and football situation. Because pre-lawsuits, it felt like talking about the Deshaun Watson situation was an incredible, incredible football move. Someone, which we thought at the time was the Miami Dolphins, was going to get to change the entire course of their franchise for the next 20 years. Well, really more 10 years, because Deshaun Watson is in his mid-20s. But for the next 10 years, you are changing the entire course of your franchise. And the thing I've said about the Houston Texans is that the Houston Texans have now funded three different NFL teams' best runs of success over the past 15 years. The Dolphins, by giving them five first-round picks for Laramie Tunsell, the Cardinals for giving them DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt for basically nothing, and whoever gets Deshaun Watson is going to have their most successful run of the last 10 years, and that even includes the New Orleans Saints. And so the, the uh, Deshaun Watson situation was always, let's not talk about the football situation because it's incredibly inappropriate to talk about the football situation especially because there are real victims in this situation there we outline this in the Deshaun Watson one we've done a few times reporting by Jenny Vrentas previously of Sports Illustrated now of the New York Times talks to people who haven't filed lawsuits against Deshaun Watson and are bringing their cases to the forefront and how there was an unspoken or I guess there was a spoken little be aware message going around the Houston massage therapy community that this person was being predatory and had had weird experiences with other people. And so Deshaun Watson is in a moral and ethical conundrum because there needs to be some measure of accountability for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson needs some measure of accountability for this situation because it is incredibly unprecedented, not just for an athlete, but for someone as powerful as Deshaun Watson. We'll talk about Deshaun Watson's power in a second. But now as the timeline goes along, he kind of disappears for a year as the legal process pans out. And he doesn't want to incriminate himself by posting things on social media or bringing the situation to light. The NFL decides they're not going to put him on the exempt list, and the Houston Texans kind of do the job of the NFL by paying Deshaun Watson, but leaving him inactive, On game days for the entire season, not because of Deshaun Watson's legal matters and the negative publicity it would bring them there, but because it serves them well to preserve their trade asset by not playing him while all of this is going on. I'm sure both played a role in that one, but the cynic in me likes to think that the more valuable one for the Houston Texans was preserving their trade asset. But both probably played a role in that one, as I say this out loud. The Houston Texans have that situation play out, and then one year after the lawsuit is brought to criminal court, a grand jury declines to indict Deshaun Watson because the bar for sexual assault is incredibly high in the state of Texas. The civil suit is still ongoing, and the civil suit will end up being settled out of court. Now we move into the legal side of things, which is, I thought that Deshaun Watson was going to settle the civil suit months and months and months ago because back in March and April and May last year, I didn't think there was a situation where Deshaun Watson would risk not playing in order to have this situation played out in court. But ultimately, Deshaun Watson got paid and just didn't play for the entire season for the Houston Texans because they couldn't get a settlement with all of the women. As Mike Florio reported back in December, they were getting a settlement with 18 of the 22, but the Miami Dolphins wouldn't make the trade without all 22 being settled. Carolina not only would make 22 be settled, or didn't need all 22 to be settled, they didn't even need the criminal complaints to be settled. And Carolina got all the negative publicity and none of the benefits of actually getting Deshaun Watson, which, by the way, they are so desperate to get Deshaun Watson, that they're willing to do the same shit again this week, which is put our name on. We want to give our entire franchise up in in order to acquire a sexual predator, known sexual predator who is currently settling out civil suits with 22 women. We will make that move. But anyways, back to the legal side of things before we get to the football side. Legal matters This is going to get settled out of court eventually, which is why NFL teams, like we talked about off the top, are drawing the moral line of criminal case dismissed. Now we can go trade for Deshaun Watson. We have the green light because he's not going to go to prison or he's not going to have another year plus legal dispute ongoing. Teams trying to get Watson now have to woo him because they don't have power in this situation. And that involves putting their name on We want to trade for an active sexual predator and we want to give up massive amounts of draft capital and compromise years and years of our future to trade for an alleged sexual predator. And this is an incredible, incredible moral conundrum that I don't think we've ever experienced in sports. And that is why this feels to me like the sports story of a generation is because this is testing the will of not just sports teams, but sports allegiances. And this is something that everyone just wants to not be dropped on their doorstep. And I am standing over here with this small little rinky-dink podcast and saying, let me plop all of this down on your doorstep and let me have you think about the moral and ethical conundrums of your sports fandom. And that is something that has changed over the last 20 years, just as America has changed, is you can't put all of your morals and ethics aside. You cannot separate the art From the artist, you cannot separate sports from the rest of the world because all of these things intersect and they become painfully clear when you blackball Colin Kaepernick from your sport and when Ray Rice gets a double suspension and when we talk about labor negotiations with billion-dollar corporations. These are all things that have come to the forefront. Brian Flores lawsuits as well, alleging racial discrimination against the NFL that very clearly upholds and maintains the same white power structures that we see all across America. All of these things are incredibly real and all of them are moral conundrums people need to consider the same way that you have a moral conundrum when you buy those shoes from Amazon or buy those shoes from Nike. The same moral and ethical conundrums there are things people need to evaluate in the same regards with sports teams because sports reflect society. And by the way, I've been doing the same work over the last year to really realize that I don't give a shit about Deshaun Watson's value added to any of those NFC South teams because it's the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons and throw the Cleveland Browns in the mix there too which is an interesting one from a football standpoint but we're not going to talk about that. The, the, The three NFC South teams that all don't make the playoffs, aren't good enough to make the playoffs, none of them have a star player on their team. Those teams all end up trying to go get Deshaun Watson. And they're going to try and sell to their fan base, we want this guy because if we can't get him, the other guy will. And we don't have morals and ethics within NFL organizations as long as it's worth value We are a corporation, and if we don't make the move, we will lose to the person who doesn't make the move. That is the moral and ethical conundrum there. From the legal side of things, it was always going to be the case that the civil suit is going to be settled out of court. And we've talked about this a few times, and I just want to rehash it real quick because it's important to bring this up every single time that we talk about the Deshaun Watson case. Money in this situation is about what the money represents in terms of closure and in terms of emotional account uh, in terms of accountability, closure and emotional stability and investment in the healing process. When you are a victim in this situation, money can represent a measure of accountability for a powerful person taking advantage of a large group of women and also survivors of intimate partner violence, sexual assault, and sexual harassment especially when they're bringing law, uh, allegations against an incredibly powerful person and have to rehash all of this on a national and international level. Those people can find accountability and those people can find a sense of community in, the peop- in not going through something alone. In finding a community of people who also experience the same things, you feel less alone, you blame yourself less, you feel less guilty. These are all benefits of going through the civil suit process outside of trying to pursue money, which is an incredibly antagonistic way of looking at this situation when people are throwing their lives, careers, and reputations in front of a national audience who wants nothing more than to shame them because it's sometimes a whole lot of barbaric men who don't want to think about Deshaun Watson being a sexual predator and want to think about him throwing 35 touchdowns for the Houston Texans. And so settling does not lead to exoneration. And this has been the really disheartening part about how media coverage has talked about the Deshaun Watson situation, but we'll come back around to that if we have time towards the end. So that's what I wanted to point out with the legal matter of this situation is that the money represents closure and a measure of accountability. Not enough accountability, but more accountability than our society is giving because the legal system is not... ...designed to handle these types of situations. Because the legal system was designed by white men, the legal system is upheld and maintained by white men... ...and incredibly powerful people can find loopholes within the system because incredibly powerful, wealthy people designed the system in the first place. The legal system is not perfectly designed to make accountability here. The civils court system is a way to try and get some measure of accountability more than it is to find any prosecution for the situation... And employers have a responsibility to have moral and ethical stands if they want to preach moral and ethical stances like the NFL does and like most corporations do when they all put out Black Lives Matter statements in July of 2020, but then don't bring it up ever again when it's convenient for them. They bring up morals and ethics when it's convenient because it helps drive business, but then don't put the practices into effect because people don't follow up on it enough to actually influence people's decision making it is a really really difficult system to navigate and there's so many moral and ethical conundrums every single day that we experience it is impossible to remain purely ethical and moral in a, ethically and morally in a capitalist society because the system has been designed in a way that we can't control we have to make Practical decisions all the time while also hopefully being ideal. I like to think of myself as an idealist in this situation. And so ideally, I could not talk about the Deshaun Watson situation at all. At the same time, there is a practical matter of he is about to get traded. And I can look at that and say, well, who gives a shit if Deshaun Watson's about to get traded? He still stands accused by 22 women and we know more women who have come forward in reporting by Jenny Vrentas of Sports Illustrated in the New York Times, of more cases of sexual harassment and sexual misconduct against him, and se- being a sexual predator doesn't stop for, you know, the NFL trade market. That is the ideal optimistic situation. At the same time, we all compromise our morals and ethics to make practical decisions. And that happens to be exactly what the NFL teams, all of them in the NFC South and all of them shitty franchises, seem to be doing right now. The Cleveland Browns are another team that's also in this mix here who, you know, based on what we're seeing, doesn't look like the convincing has been done here. Deshaun Watson is going through a decision-style recruiting process right now, and that seems incredibly gross when you think about the fact that teams are lining up to woo a sexual predator to play for their team, for the, and by the way, for the right to give up their entire future in draft picks and bona fide stars. In the case of the Panthers, they will trade Christian McCaffrey, three first-round picks and two seconds to get Deshaun Watson. They are desperate to get Deshaun Watson. And the Carolina Panthers, just like all these other teams, are begging, begging a sexual predator to come represent the face of their corporation. Which is incredible when you think about it, and also he throws a lot of touchdowns, and that makes a lot of people a lot of money. And so this is the fascinating part about this situation, which is morals and ethics are being compromised in all sorts of situations. This is one where everyone has to evaluate their own moral and ethical line when it comes to Deshaun Watson, whether you're a fan of a team, whether you're a fan of football, whether you're anyone who gives their money, because ultimately corporations will be guided by their financial bottom line more often than not. There are examples of corporations with hearts that value things other than money, but in order to become a billion dollar corporation, you have to compromise your morals and ethics somewhere along the way, in a brutally capitalistic society somewhere along the line you are compromising morals and ethics to become a billion dollar corporation and so if corporations are governed by finances then you as the consumer have the power to withhold your finances and therefore will dictate the pa- the moral and ethical choices of corporations this is the thing I talked about with the Washington football team that was so disheartening was that Financially, giving money to the Washington football team for their new jerseys and being the top five highest selling jerseys on Fanatics was incredibly disheartening given all of the things that Dan Snyder stands accused of over the past 20 years that we didn't know about four to five years ago. And so... In this situation, the fact that we now have more information around Deshaun Watson makes it easy to change how we feel about the Deshaun Watson situation. And everyone has to make their own moral and ethical decision on an individual level just as NFL teams are making their own moral and ethical decisions of how they run their corporation based on how much negative publicity and negative financial hit they're willing to absorb in exchange for acquiring a sexual predator and everyone's making different calculations the Steelers made the calculation it's not worth it to us no amount of money is worth or not no amount of money the amount of money we could stand to benefit from having Deshaun Watson does not equal what the the negative moral and ethical hit we're going to take as a franchise and so the Pittsburgh Steelers decided we'd rather have Mitchell Trubisky than dip our toes into the Deshaun Watson waters And desperate franchises from the NFC South have all said we will line up to trade for Deshaun Watson and we will get into a bidding war with each other to acquire the services of a sexual predator to be the face of our franchise for the next 10 years. When I don't think, I know Kobe Bryant ended up shedding that persona and ended up becoming a national figure when it came to, you know, universally beloved basketball player, Los Angeles mourned his death for like weeks on end. Kobe Bryant became that figure later in life after going through a rape trial and Ben Roethlisberger ended up shedding the rape trial, you know, with with a little bit of sports washing and a little bit of NFL propaganda. Big Ben too also shed the rape persona from him and i don't think in a post me too world deshaun watson is going to get the same sort of treatment it feels to me that with time removed this won't be the first thing people think of when they bring up deshaun watson but this is never going to truly escape deshaun watson he's going to have the persona of being not only the sexual predator but the sexual predator who got away with being a sexual predator and got some measure of accountability And whether he shows remorse or not, or whether he never brings up the situation again, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. Deshaun Watson finds himself in an incredibly powerful position, which is not only does he have all of the leverage, he has a plethora of teams that are still, after all of this, willing to sign up for Deshaun Watson as their quarterback. And what is incredibly fascinating is that he holds all of the cards in this situation. He can take as much time as he wants, and he can take as much of, you know, he can take as long as he needs because not only does he have a plethora of teams lining up right now, they're different teams than the ones who were lining up last year to acquire Deshaun Watson. Last year, it was Miami. It was San Francisco. It was Chicago. Now it's the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Browns. It's an entire—the Colts tried. Colts tried. Colts were willing to compromise all their morals and ethics to get him. Colts tried. Texans said no. And all new people are lining up. You will always find someone who is tempted by that possibility. And to hell with whatever the Texans get back for him, and in certain respects, he's incentivized to get traded for less because it means more assets that his new team can give him in order to build a winning team. And so Deshaun Watson holds all of the power in this situation, and that's an incredibly, incredibly difficult situation to process morally and ethically because sometimes that power and leverage can make 23 civil suits and nine criminal charges disappear and your only accountability is one year of not being allowed to play football but even that one year you still got paid 40 million dollars a year and at other times he can force his way out of houston as the most valuable asset anyone can find in the history of the nfl that star quarterback that game-changing player being available for trade in his physical prime never happens as ever happened in the history of the NFL. The second he gets traded, it will be the biggest trade in the history of the NFL. He can flex his power. He can force his way out of the team that he's currently playing for to a team handpicked by him, make $40 million a year and get to sell a whole lot of jerseys along the way. Watson was always going to be enabled by the NFL because he is an incredibly valuable asset for the NFL. And Deshaun Watson can change the course of any of those NFC South franchises overnight. Because the Saints, Panthers, and Falcons are going to be fighting for years upon years upon years to find any player as good as Deshaun Watson. And that is the moral and ethical conundrum that tons of teams are doing the evaluation on right now, which is... We will never be able to find this again. It has never come available in the history of the NFL. That good of a player at that age has never, ever come available in the NFL. How many morals and ethics are we willing to compromise in order to make that situation happen? And if you're Deshaun Watson, you get to handpick exactly where you want to go. And that would have happened with or without the legal suit. All the legal, all the 22 lawsuits and nine civil suits did in the case of Deshaun Watson was destroy his good name and create an inconvenient roadblock for him to ultimately work his way out of Houston. It's really shitty to think about in that perspective, but that's what power and money and wealth can do for powerful people. It can make all of your problems disappear, and if you're valuable enough, it will make a giant line of NFL teams sit there wanting to acquire your services and pay you incredibly large amounts of money to represent the face of their corporation. And when it comes to media coverage, I just want a quick tangent real quick here on media coverage around this. Um, A lot of NFL fans who are casual football fans get their news coverage from NFL media. A lot of people get their news from Adam Schefter. A lot of people get their football information from, uh, you know, Mike Garofolo or from Steve Weish or anyone at the NFL Network, Ian Rappaport, ESPN, who's a corporate partner, uh, NFL on Fox, which is a corporate partner, NBC Sports, whether it be Mike Florio, who I've cited here, or Peter King or Chris Sims, who are also NFL partners. That's where a lot of people get their information, is people who have partnerships with the NFL. And it's disheartening because this was a once-in-a-generation type of story. I mentioned Ben Roethlisberger and I mentioned Kobe Bryant, and those are crimes against women in a pre Too era that also reflect stories of a generation. As you know, people are chanting free Kobe outside of a Colorado courthouse in 2004. When Kobe Bryant had had public pressure not forced the woman to drop the lawsuit, Kobe Bryant would have gone to jail. They had an overwhelming amount of evidence to prove that Kobe Bryant was guilty of rape. And that was, you know, a news story for a generation. But in a post Me Too world, you have this cross-section of Deshaun Watson wants to leave. He's the greatest trade asset that has ever become available in the NFL, and he stands accused of unprecedented crimes against women. You know, sexual predatory behavior. I know legally they can't list those as crimes, but Deshaun Watson committed crimes against women, and it's an unprecedented trade asset and an unprecedented accusation of crimes against him. And it creates those same moral and ethical conundrums that we talked about. And so NFL fans who turn to NFL media have gotten an NFL media coverage that has decided they are not going to talk about the news story of a generation in sports. I'm not sure if that's an indictment of the people who are in NFL media who are overwhelmingly white and overwhelmingly men, especially all of your newsbreakers are overwhelmingly men. I'm not sure if that's a breakdown from the top and the culture of NFL media, but at the same time, the NFL finds itself in a position where they don't want to actually talk about the Deshaun Watson situation, what benefits them is to talk about Deshaun Watson's trade value, and so people who don't consume a lot of sports, because again, there, there are different levels of being in a sports fan, it's all about how much time energy, and emotional stability, you invest into sports. I invest way too much of my emotional stability into sports. I invest it in a different way than I used to, but I invest a ridiculously large amount of my emotional stability into sports. And find it in a weird situation where other people who don't, and they get a lot of their news information from NFL media, aren't getting a good legal picture of the situation because this is a situation in the place where sports interflex society where people can learn a lot about the legal process in these situations i know in the last year i've learned a lot about how the process for prosecuting sexual crimes works in not just america but also or sorry not just in texas but also in uh, California and America at large, you can go to the to that, but usually sexual crimes are not prosecuted at the federal level. There are a few that are, but very rarely is it prosecuted at the federal level. And maybe I'm just interested in that. And maybe other people are, don't necessarily care how their legal system is executed. Um, you know, how the legal system has checks and balances and how the legal system actually works. I think a, base level of information is enough to get by, especially if you never stand accused of crimes that make you go through the legal system. But I think this was a great opportunity to learn about the legal system, to really talk about sexual crimes in the way that we talked about Ashley Solis' statement, uh, you know, when she came forward at the original press conference with Rusty Harden that we shared in our February 25th version of the podcast. And we had all kinds of storylines here that I like to think I covered some of them in articulate eloquent ways and the moral and ethical conundrum like having people really question moral and ethical conundrums not just in sports but in life as a whole and I think there was a real opportunity for growth I know I've grown a lot by following this Deshaun Watson situation because again in March of 2021 I was in a pretty dark place and I was in a a place where I was investing way too much of my emotional stability in who was going to trade for Deshaun Watson, because I felt like that was the way to achieve my dream of being a sports podcaster slash influencer slash Instagram person. Like I felt like that was the way to do it. And it was kind of wrong in the end because I was doing it wrong the whole way through. And at the same time, I felt that I was, I was trying too hard there and I put too much belief and love in Sean Watson that was unearned. And you can appreciate the greatness of athletes without putting them on a moral and ethical pedestal. And you can question the morals and ethics of other athletes who maybe don't stand up to the moment that maybe your morals and ethics would like them to meet. You know, when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, sometimes I have questions about whether Patrick Mahomes is voicing his platform enough for the issues that he's talking about even though Patrick Mahomes was in the Black Lives Matter video in June of 2020 I'd like athletes to talk more about Colin Kaepernick I'd like athletes to push back against the NFL grain a little bit but they're obviously in a compromised position and it's not their fault for systems that are built with uh, built in white power You know, protecting white power like the NFL is but all of that to say is NFL media could have talked about a lot of these issues and it behooves them to not do it, but they have so much influence that they then influence how we talk about the Deshaun Watson situation. It was a little bit disheartening to see how that was discussed over the past year or so when it came to just ignoring the Deshaun Watson case and only when he has trade value is that the leading stories when I type Deshaun Watson into Google Those are all of the leading stories there uh, are about the long shot chance to get Deshaun Watson here or Baker Mayfield not being a part of the Browns offer. Ian Rappaport discusses the likelihood of the Falcons landing Deshaun Watson. Uh, Browns meet with Deshaun Watson. Panthers meet with Deshaun Watson. I type in Deshaun Watson here. It is the, the top options into Google are Deshaun Watson Seahawks, Deshaun Watson News, Deshaun Watson 49ers, Deshaun Watson Trade, Deshaun Watson Saints, Deshaun Watson Panthers, Deshaun Watson Browns, Deshaun Watson Stats, Deshaun Watson Contract, Deshaun Watson Falcons. There is nothing there about Deshaun Watson lawsuit or Deshaun Watson legal or Deshaun Watson sexual predator, which I know won't show up in Google. Uh, But let's actually type in Deshaun Watson sexual predator and see what happens. Um, We get the sporting news story about the Deshaun Watson lawsuit. Uh, Deshaun Watson accused of being a serial predator. Deshaun Watson called serial predator. Deshaun Watson serial predator. Uh, Yeah. That is uh, the the part that you don't get when you type in Deshaun Watson on Google, which, again, this is a byproduct of all of the flaws in our society, which is incredibly, incredibly difficult to process. But, you know, we we all have to make ethical and moral decisions, and sometimes corporations guide our ethical and moral decisions because we can be influenced by propaganda quite easily. And in this case, NFL propaganda is influencing some of our decision-making when it comes to Deshaun Watson. So that is another long-form conversation about Deshaun Watson. I like to make sure that these are longer conversations so we can apply as much nuance to the situation as we can.